The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. It's a new season. Antonio Brown is on the Raiders. Le'Veon Bell is with the Jets. Odell Beckham is in Cleveland. The one thing that hasn't changed, where I'm putting my money down on all the games. My bookie is the place to bet on football for every weekend. My bookie has better bonuses and more prop bets than any other sports book, period. This year, they're hosting the first online handicapping super contest. First place is guaranteed to win at least $100,000, and it only costs $100 to enter. All you got to do is pick five NFL games against the spread every week to climb the leaderboard and score your share of the huge cash prize pool. I would only recommend a service to my listeners. That's been good to me. That's why my bookie is always the right play. You bet, you win, they pay. MyBookie has live in-game betting on every NFL game. They've got the most rewarding player perks in the business, and for you fantasy guys out there, you can even bet the over-under on how many fantasy points a player will score each game. Up to 1,000 first deposit bonus. Double your first deposit. Use promo code CHAIR, C-H-A-I-R, to activate the offer. Visit MyBookie online today. That's M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E. And don't forget to use the promo code CHAIR when creating your account to claim the bonus. Bet, win, get paid. Summer winds down here. Um, you know, you're wanting to get everything in order before the fall and winter get here. And maybe something that you've been putting off is getting a nice cleaning to the outside of your home. Have you ever thought about wanting to get rid of the mold and algae on your home siding? Or maybe you need the oil stains removed in your driveway. I have that issue as well. Well, call Full Court Pressure Wash for your home exterior cleaning needs. Free home exterior and surface cleaning done right and affordable. Free estimates all summer long. Better get on that action here as summer winds down. Uh, You can email uh, uh, Full Court Pressure Wash at fcpwash at yahoo.com. You can also check them out on Instagram, Full Court Pressure underscore wash. Once again, that's Full Court Pressure underscore wash. Or you could simply just go on Facebook and uh, search uh, Full Court Pressure Wash. Uh, I've done this to my home here recently, and it's a big pain in the butt. Um, So if you can always hire someone else to do that, I highly recommend it. Um, And I highly recommend Full Court Pressure Wash. So uh, if you're looking to get something like this done, make sure you check them out. Boys, it's Jeremy W. Miller. Neil, the rebound. Kevin Alley brings it up. Throws it across. Miller for three. over the rebound for his ninth. 18 points, 9 rebounds, 6 oh. assists for Jay. Oh, oh the chicken! Double time! Miles Turner! Yeah! Welcome to the NBA, my friend! Turner sets the screen. Oh, 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 oh no! Oh, no. Right Don't let him throw it down like that! Victor on the defense! Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Born Ready to Pod Podcast. 
Welcome back to another episode of the Born Ready to Pod podcast. My name is Chris Cook, and once again here, I am recording alone today. Um, so uh, what we're doing here is we're still going to have our regular episodes and things like that coming up. But one thing that uh, I wanted to introduce, you know, as we get into these times, uh, uh, the end of August, early September, when not much is going on, uh, we've wanted to start at a player profile series here. So uh, what we're going to be doing here over the next couple of weeks, and we're going to also be doing it with the Colts, um, and more information is going to be coming that soon with uh, Hawk leading the charge on that. Um, but what we're doing over here over the next few weeks, like I said, uh, not much information going on the NBA scene. Is We're just going to do a breakdown of uh, each player on the Pacers team. Um, so... For this week, for for this episode that you're listening to right now, we're going to focus on the point guard position. Um, And then coming forward, we're going to have wings and bigs. So it's going to be a three-part series. Uh, Today we have four players on the list. Um, so what, 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 I, what I pretty much want to do is uh, just cover each of these players in detail, uh, just give you some background information uh, over their college careers and NBA careers, things, especially with all these newcomers on the team that you might not know a lot about. Um, so uh, like I said, we're just going to be discussing uh, you know, awards that they've won, uh, the contract fits with the Pacers, and uh, give you predictions on uh, what their ceiling might be uh, this season for the Pacers, and then also what their floor might be for the season uh, in case things don't happen to work out. So uh, as I said, this one that we wanted to start with this week, point guard positions. Uh, today we have four players on the docket, and obviously uh, when, we're, when we're talking about point guards, uh, the first name that comes to mind for the Pacers, uh, their biggest signing in the offseason, Malcolm Brogdon, a.k.a. the president. Um, some things about Malcolm, he's 26 years old. Uh, so this year, later in December, he'll actually turn 27. So going into this season, he'll be 27 years old. So just entering the prime of his NBA career. Um, he attended the University of Virginia Virginia University, don't know which way they prefer that, Uh, but he actually attended Virginia from 2011 to 2016, Um, and you're probably wondering, well, college is only four years. He actually redshirted his sophomore year because he was injured, so he got an extra year of college eligibility. Uh, He's played three seasons in the league. He's entering his fourth season here with the Pacers, Um, so the reason why you might think, well, he's only played three seasons. Why is he only 26? He had an extra year of college eligibility uh, just simply because he got hurt his sophomore year. Um, so he was drafted in the 2016 NBA draft by the Milwaukee Bucks, 36th overall, um, second round pick there, uh, about six picks there into the second round the Milwaukee Bucks took him. And like I said, he's played three seasons with the Bucks, and this will be his fourth season this year with the Pacers. Um, some career highlights for him from both college and also from the NBA. Uh, when his senior season uh, at college, he was first team All American, um, and you know that's that's a pretty big deal. Um, and then ended up being a second round pick. So uh, his first season in the NBA had a couple of accolades there. Uh, one NBA Rookie of the Year, as you all might might well know. Um, there wasn't really in that class much going on. I can't remember much of the names off the top of my head. Uh, but I think he maybe I think he averaged around ten points per game or something like that. So for a second round pick, and you know, not a very heavy rookie class that season. Uh, he was 
the winner of the Rookie of the Year award that year. So that's a nice feat for him. Um, and then also, obviously, you win Rookie of the Year, you're going to be on the rookie first team. So he was on the 2017 All-Rookie first team. Um, and then the most impressive accolade that he has on top of everything that I've said uh, he's part of the 50-40-90 club, and not very many players have reached this feat. And for those of you who don't know, uh, he did this last season. So for those of you who don't know, that means that you shoot above 50% from the field, uh, above 40% from the three-point line, and 90% from the free-throw line. So uh, last season he was able to achieve all three of those things, and uh, he was one of the, the newest members to join that that club, like I said, I think there's about 10 to 15 guys on that list. If you if you take a look at it, some very impressive names on that list. And uh, Malcolm Brogdon was able to achieve that last year with the Bucks, which is definitely a reason why the Pacers were interested to go out and uh, sign him this off season. Now let's move on to Malcolm's career highs in the NBA uh, points. His highest career points in a game: 32 versus the Phoenix Suns in 2018. Uh, 32 points. That's not too shabby. Nothing to be, nothing to complain about there. Hopefully this year he can get to uh, that next step and maybe get to 40. Hey, who knows? Maybe even get to 50. We'll see what happens. 11 rebounds this is his career high in rebounds. He did that versus the Raptors last season. Uh, 12 assists. He did that versus the Bulls in his rookie season. So uh, he's gotten to that double-digit amount in assists in a game. Obviously 12. It'd be cool to see him maybe get somewhere between 15 to 20. So hopefully he can do that this year with the Pacers as he gets more playing time and a bigger role. Um, and then steals-wise, career high in steals is five steals versus the Mavericks last year. So uh, definitely nothing to frown about uh, on the career high page. Um, just hopefully, you know, like I said, with him getting more of an opportunity with the Pacers and having the ball in his hands more, he is able to you know, at least beat three or four, three out of three out of four of those this season. Uh, to break down his contract, like I said, everybody knows he signed with the Pacers last off season uh, here this summer. Uh, four year, eighty five million dollar contract. It was a sign and trade with the Milwaukee Bucks. That way, that was guaranteed that they weren't going to match the contract, even though there was no way they could have done that because they had spent so much money this off season. Um, so this upcoming season, he's going to earn $20 million a year. Um, and the way I think I looked at it was, uh, and I'm not a cap expert or salary expert-wise, anything like that, but the way I was looking at it was I think it looks like at no point in any of those four years, and obviously Oladipo's only got two years left, but so in the next two years, he's not going to be making more than Oladipo, and maybe that was something that the Pacers wanted to make sure of, that Victor was always the highest played player on the Pacers. And obviously, once free agency's up, and hopefully he does re-sign with the Pacers, which we all expect him to do so, he's obviously going to make more than that around that $20 million mark that he's making right now, speaking of Victor. so Fit-wise with the Pacers, uh, we're all expecting him. It's not all expecting. He is the starting point guard for the Pacers. Um, and the thing about him is he can play multiple positions. Um, so he's 6'5". So uh, that means, and in Milwaukee, he played a lot of shooting guard. He played, played uh, alongside Eric Bledsoe in the starting lineup. Um, but the his rookie season specifically, he was the point guard. So uh, 
like I said, he can play multiple positions. Just because it says he's a point guard doesn't necessarily mean that's his position. He can play off the ball. He can play shooting guard. And with his size, I'm I'm not saying he can play small forward, but he could certainly defend up to that position. And which is brings me to my next point: is fit defensively is going to be great, especially once Oladipo comes back uh, from his injury. Pairing those two in the backcourt, I think, is going to be great. It's going to be hard to score on those two for you know opposing backcourts of other teams. Um, and like I said, defensively, you can throw him out there on the on the on the point guard. You can throw him out there on the shooting guard. He could even guard, defend the small forward. Just a very versatile fit for the Pacers, where they can plug and play him in, in, in many different ways on the offensive side of the ball, and then also defensively. I mean, you had Darren Collison last season, and I mean, sometimes you were worried, <laughs> worried or concerned that he could even defend a chair. Um, and so, Collison certainly couldn't guard any two or three two guards or uh, three positions last year. So with Brogdon, you get that, and then you could also, you know, sometimes put Oladipo on the point guard, and Brogdon can defend the two. So interchangeable between those two um and i really really like the fit next to oladipo uh it's been stressed enough you guys listen to other podcasts you guys read blogs you you understand the fit so uh, i'm really looking forward to that especially on the defensive end just that versatility him and in his height six five for a point guard's pretty tall so that's going to be such a plus for the pacers already a good defensive team by the way um to add this type of element to their defense. Um, the other thing now, uh, over his career, one thing to look to look forward to at that position is turnovers. Um, he's averaged 1.4 turnovers a game uh, during his NBA career, which obviously I think that shows to all of us that he takes care of the ball. He doesn't didn't have the ball in his hands a lot. Um, Obviously, he's not James Harden, who has the ball 99% of the time, and he averages five turnovers a game. But 1.4 turnovers a game from a point guard, can't frown out that whatsoever. Uh, but I would expect this number to probably increase this season, uh, simply just because he will be getting more minutes, and he will be having the ball in his hands quite a bit, especially when Victor is out. A lot of the offense will probably facilitate through him until Victor gets back. So um, don't be surprised to maybe see him average over two, two turnovers a game. Um, but nothing crazy. That just pretty much tells me right there that he's offensively, he's uh, he, he's he's got a high offensive IQ. I mean, he doesn't turn the ball over very much. He doesn't try to force things that aren't there. Um, so he's not, he's not, I mean, that can be good and that can be bad, but it's, you know, he's just a smart, intelligent basketball player. And I think, you know, that's one thing you have to do is limit the turnovers. The Pacers have struggled with that immensely. They've had games where they've had 15 turnovers and a half, and it's just, they're, they've just struggled to stay in games because they were turning the ball over so much. So to have a guy like Brogdon, um, you know, being able to take care of the ball on the offensive side, it's it's going to be a plus for him. And then the last note here I wanted to make on him is regarding the fit. Uh, last season, we all know it, we all watch it, it pissed us off so damn much. The free throw shooting from the Indiana Pacers. Uh, they ranked 21st overall last season in free throw percentage. That's bad. 
Uh, they lost many games from the free throw line. Uh, we all know. I've seen us all on Twitter complaining about it. They shot 75% from the free throw line last season. Malcolm Brogdon, as I mentioned before, he was a part of the 50-40-90 club last year. 92.8% from the free throw line last year. That's pretty damn good. I'll take that. That those That's Reggie Miller-like right there. And for his career, he averages 89.5 from the stripe. So a big plus there. Um, free throw-wise, you got to make your free throw as we all know it. Clutch situations, you got to have a guy on the line that's going to be able to either put you back in the game or seal the game for you when you have the lead. Um, so it'll be nice to have you know out of bounds plays where uh, we can run uh, run a play on the out of bounds play where we can you know obviously get Brogdon or Victor or somebody like a better free throw shooter open, um, and you can have confidence that he's going to knock down both shots. Uh, because he's shooting around 93%, so that's pretty damn good. Uh, Ceiling-wise, for Brogdon this year, the highest ceiling out of any of the four players I'm reviewing with you today. I say all-star, and that's because we don't know when Victor is going to get back. Uh, the Eastern Conference, obviously, is is the weaker conference. Uh, you always have two or three guys that sneak and onto the all-star team last year was Vucevic. Uh, D'Angelo Russell came in for Oladipo. So I think all-star is a fair ceiling for Brogdon for this year. Just because he's going to be, like I said, he's going to have the ball quite a bit for the Pacers, especially when Victor's out. And obviously the all-star game's in February. We don't know when he's going to come back. It could be December, January, February, whenever it might be. But he's going to have to score. He's going to have to play some solid defense. So, yeah, I think definitely ceiling-wise, all-star for sure for Malcolm Brogdon. I'm not saying for sure he's going to be an all-star, but I think with the opportunities he's going to get with the Pacers, I would not be shocked whatsoever if he's an all-star, and that's why I put that as a ceiling. And also wanted to make a note, uh, ceiling-wise, averaging over 20 points per game. So, in a Bucks offense last year, that was obviously you know running through Giannis, spread uh, spread the court, uh, Giannis drives and kicks, things like that. You guys watched the Bucks last year. Uh, he averaged fifteen point six points per game. So, uh, with a higher usage rate with the Pacers, and he plays it at an All Star level, like I just mentioned. If he does have that type of season, I think. 20 points per game could, you know, that could be his next goal. Um, And that would, if he averaged over 20 points per game, I think he's a definite all-star for the year. Uh, His floor for Brogdon, um, I would say, is he doesn't stay healthy. That would be his floor for the year. Um, I think if he's out there playing, I don't really, I think he's going to, just by the way he plays, I don't think he's going to let down expectations, but he's got to be able to play. So I think that's why I put that out as his floor. Uh, interesting stat here is out of 246 regular season games that he's played, he's missed 59 of them, uh, most of them coming from the second year. So he's got to stay healthy. If he doesn't stay healthy, uh, it's not good for the Pacers. Um, 
he's got to stay on the floor this year, got to stay away from the injury bug, and that's really what's going to, I think, keep him from, you know, having a good season this year. I don't think if he plays, if he's out there playing, I, I don't think, I think Malcolm Brogdon's going to always be out there. He's the hundred. He's a hundred and ten percent guy. So, like I said, injury wise, gotta stay healthy, and that's definitely his floor. Now to round up Brogdon here, fun fact, and some of these aren't really fun, but I found these online, so I figured I'd share. You always gotta have a fun fact when you're doing player profile. Malcolm Brogdon joined. A former University of Virginia standout and rock, former Rockets player Ralph Sampson as the only two players from the university to win the award. Brogdon was also the first player who wasn't a first-round pick to win the Rookie of the Year award. And when I say award, I mean Rookie of the Year. So very impressive feat to be mentioned in the same breath as Ralph Sampson there and also to be the first second-round pick to do that. Uh, during this era it's pretty impressive there as well so Pacers got a good one in Malcolm Brogdon and I am definitely looking forward to him play uh, in a Pacers uniform this season all right moving along here next up on the docket a fan favorite your backup point guard for the Indiana Pacers Aaron Holiday Aaron Holiday is 22 years old wow to be that young again he will be turning 23 in September, so uh, he'll be 23 years old once the NBA season is, gets around to it, so still really young. Aaron, as you all know, attended the UCLA from 2015 to 2018. In the 2018 NBA draft, he was selected 23rd overall by your Indiana Pacers, and as I had mentioned, he is entering his second NBA season. Some career highlights from Aaron Holiday, none from the NBA just as of yet, but during college he was third team All-American his senior season, and he was also on the Pac-12 All-Defensive team. So as you can see there, defensive side of the ball is a priority for Mr. Holiday, and we'll be getting into that here a little bit more in a little bit. Some career highs for Aaron all last season because obviously it was his rookie year. 19 points versus the Utah Jazz. That was that home game uh, where he had the game where he came in against the Hawks and then that next game against the Jazz uh, was completely on fire. Uh, scored 19 points. It's hard to believe that was his uh, career high last year. Figured it would have been a little bit higher than that, but as I look back, that does sound about right. He had seven rebounds versus the Orlando Magic, so not too bad from a 6-1 point guard there. Seven assists versus the Nets is his career high, and then three steals versus the Kings. So uh, definitely some career highs there that Aaron should be able to break uh, with more playing time this season. Contract-wise, as we break that down, this upcoming year he's going to be earning $2.2 million. That's not a bad payday for anybody. Team option is for $2.3 million in 2020-21, and then he also has a team option for $3.9 million in 2021-2022. Those for sure are going to be picked up. Um, Pacers obviously really value this kid, um, and it's come out in reports from the Indy Star and other uh, other places saying that uh, the Pacers have 
pretty much refused to trade him in any deals. Uh, they've received calls on the kid, and they pretty much just said no. So fit with the Pacers, as I mentioned, your backup point guard. I see him uh, flourishing in that role. Last season, when he did get playing time, he uh, averaged around 13 minutes a game uh, in just 50 games for the Pacers. Obviously, uh, getting a defined role this season for the Pacers will help him, and you can expect that minutes per game number to increase. I don't know how many minutes Corey Joseph played, but I would expect it to be maybe, probably not as high as Corey actually, but maybe in that same ballpark, especially with Victor being out at the beginning of the year. Defensively, he is undersized. Uh, he's uh, six foot one, is and I say that's that's short. But as I'm thinking about, it, I'm only like five eight, so I would love to be six one. But NBA wise, six one, uh, he's undersized on the defensive team, defensive end. Um, just when you consider other point guards out there, we were just talking about Malcolm Brogdon, who's six five and played point guard. So uh, one thing that that I do want to say about Aaron on the defensive end is he works his butt off. We all know this. Um, I see him as a very relentless defender. Uh, he obviously comes from two brothers who value playing de- or a family that values playing defense. Uh, Justin and Drew, both great defensive players. So he's learned from both of them. So I think he's going to be a great defender. Uh, one thing he's got to work on this year, though, is staying out of foul trouble. A lot of times last season, uh, that was his Achilles heel. Heel would he be he would come in off the bench, um, and he'd get two or three fouls in just a couple of minutes. So he's got to be smart on the defensive end. And yeah, some of those calls were probably because he was a rookie, he was new to the league. But he's got to be smarter on the defensive end, um, especially now that he's getting more minutes. He can't come in off the bench, pick up two fouls right off the bat. Just can't. Cannot afford to do that. Got to have the kid out there. Um, when you, when you come in like that off the bench, you're trying to get loose. Uh, you know, bring an energetic spark off the bench, um, and then getting picking up fouls that quickly, you're just automatically taking yourself out of the game. So uh, when you look at it, he's going to be the dominant playmaker in that five man unit on the bench. You know, McMillan likes to usually go with, you know, nine guys at most, but let's just assume it's going to be 10. So when I look at it, bench-wise, no Victor Oladipo. Let's just assume this right now. I have him, Aaron Holiday at the point guard, Justin Holiday, his brother, next to him at the shooting guard, Doug McDermott, TJ Leaf, and Goga. Um, so when I list those names off to you, Obviously, Aaron Holiday is going to have to be the playmaker, the facilitator, and the scorer in that second unit. Goga, we still got to learn a lot from him, see how he his game translates to the NBA. Uh, TJ Leaf's not going to be facilitating any shots. Doug McDermott has to have the ball delivered to him. He can't create his own shot. Um, so Justin and Aaron will both be having to do a lot of that. Aaron more specifically than Justin. So he's got to be the facilitator. He's got to be a dominant playmaker in that second unit. Um, And, you know, one thing we did see from him is he's not afraid of anything. So it will be interesting to see pretty much how he leads this second unit because especially right off the bat, it's, it's Aaron Holiday's second unit in my eyes. 
So next point, he is a first score first point guard. Sorry, he's a score first point guard. Um, but one thing I want to see him work on and improve this year is uh, facilitating for others. Um, last season, he averaged 1.7 assists per game. So obviously, part of that's due to uh, the minutes not playing very very many minutes. Um, but I would like to see him get you know increase that number to maybe three or four assists per game this year. Ceiling wise for Aaron Holiday, I would say averaging 10 points per game off the bench for the Pacers. I think that would be a great year for him. And I think not saying that's his ceiling wise as an NBA player, but going into his second year, I think 10 points per game is a fair ceiling for Aaron Holiday, especially considering last year he averaged around six points per game. So a four point boost in scoring per game, I think was definitely a good ceiling for Aaron. Um, his floor would be getting out outplayed by TJ McConnell and losing his spot in the rotation. That one's pretty obvious. The Pacers signed on TJ McConnell uh, to be their third string point guard. Uh, he's a proven M- NBA player, nothing flashy, um, but that would definitely be Aaron's floor is getting outplayed by McConnell and lo- losing his minutes to him this season. Fun fact about Aaron. This was provided by Mark Monteith on draft night when he was selected by the Pacers. Aaron Holiday is the first UCLA player to lead the Pac-12 in scoring since none other than Reggie Miller in 1986. All right, next up on our player profiles for Pacers positions. Yeah, I just came up with that. A lot of P's there. Timothy John McConnell Jr., Timothy John McConnell Jr., T.J. McConnell, 27 years of age. For those of you who do not know, T.J. attended Arizona from 2013 to 2015. In 2015, he declared for the NBA draft. He went undrafted. Uh, And so he is entering his fifth NBA season this year. Uh, He was in the same draft class as Miles Turner. Um, And then obviously after going on and drafted, he ended up signing with the Philadelphia 76ers. Some career highlights for Timothy John. Just from college here, he was AP Honorable Mention All-American, so you always want to be in those Honorable Mention categories whenever you're winning something. So congratulations, TJ, for that. And then also in his uh, last year at Arizona, first-team All-Pac-12. So nothing to frown about there, I guess. Uh, Not very many career highlights for, for young TJ, but a lot better than the most of us out there from a basketball perspective. Career highs for TJ. <clears throat> Points-wise, 19 points. Wow, he scored 19 points in 2018 versus the Celtics. Uh, so not a very high career high in points there, I must say. Same as Aaron Holiday there. Uh, 10 rebounds. He had 10 rebounds versus the New York Knicks in 2018. 10 rebounds for a point guard. Not too shabby there. Um, and then uh, nice one here, 17 assists versus the Boston Celtics in 2017, and and then six steals versus the Knicks in 2018. So I'm noticing a pattern here: Celtics and Knicks. You gotta play T.J. McConnell. So when the Pacers 
dress up against the Boston Celtics and New York Knicks. TJ McConnell has got to be in the rotation. Biggest highlight there, 17 assists versus the Boston Celtics. That's pretty damn good. <clears throat> You'll take that from your point guard any night. Um, Contract-wise, for Mr. McConnell, signed a two-year, $7 million contract with the Pacers this summer. So this year he's going to earn $3.5 million. Uh, for next year, he's got a similar contract to that of what Darren Collison and Bojan Bogdanovich had when they first signed with the Pacers back in 2017. <laughs> His second season, only $1 million of the contracts guaranteed for 2020-2021. So if the Pacers choose not to keep him for the second part of that contract, only $1 million of that contract is guaranteed. But if they do choose to renew that, obviously he's going to be uh, paid $3.5 million next season. His fit with the Pacers, uh, we've went over the starter and the backup. He is the third stream String point guard in my eyes and a lot of other people's eyes. Uh, He's projected to get minutes really only if there's injuries for the Pacers. So, uh, as we've seen from past years, injuries obviously happen. They can happen at any point during the season. Uh, Players need rest. So, TJ McConnell, I think, is a good fit as a third string point guard. So, I think the Pacers did a good job of going out and getting him to solidify their point guard rotation. Um, And he can also give you some quality minutes to fill in for others. Um, So, you know, maybe he'll get some minutes here to start off the season here and there. Uh, I mean, at any point, if somebody's having an off night or foul trouble or anything like that, uh, TJ McConnell McConnell is more than serviceable to be thrown out there. Uh, He's not going to have a big impact on the game, um, but he is a serviceable player to throw out there uh, to get minutes on an NBA roster. What I view him as the most is kind of in the Kylo Quinn role this season for the Pacers. Uh, As I mentioned, he is 27 years old, so he's one of the older players on the roster. Uh, This is his fifth season in the league, so he's got NBA experience, so he's a veteran. Um, And I see him being kind of the Kylo Quinn role from last year where he's not going to get a ton of minutes. But when there's injuries or, you know, foul trouble or things like that, he is going to be able to come in and give you some decent minutes off the bench. And as well as being a solid presence in the locker room, which if you read anything online about things that are said about TJ McConnell, he's a fan favorite in Philadelphia. And a lot of people talk about the player that he is mostly uh, in the locker room. So the Pacers definitely need a guy like that. And, uh from that perspective. So that's why I kind of view him as a Kylo Quinn type player for the Pacers. Um, So McConnell's not a guy that's going to do anything flashy for the Pacers this year. Um, But what he's going to do is he's going to work his butt off on both ends of the ball. Um, He's going, you're never going to worry about him giving you maximum effort when he's thrown out there. He's going to give maximum effort. That's why he's stayed in the NBA for five years. That's why he made a name for himself in the NBA is because he works hard. It's not, I mean, talent-wise, obviously, he's very good. He's good at basketball, but um, you see guys who have lesser talent than T.J. McConnell. They don't pan out in the NBA or they can't stay around just simply because they're not wanting to put the work in or give 110%. So that's why he's still in the league. And uh, like I said, nothing flashy from T.J. McConnell. Don't expect him to go out there and get 17 assists when he's out there playing. Uh, like he did with his career high, but he is going to work his butt off for your Indiana Pacers. 
Uh, my next bullet point here is energy off the bench. Uh, definitely something, if you ever look at, just Google TJ McConnell. Just simply go to google.com, type TJ McConnell in there. Just go to images, look through the photos. I mean, this guy's always screaming, yelling, doing something. Energy off the bench. He's a guy you can throw out there uh, when the team's playing flat, you know, regular season at times, up and down. You never know how the team's going to come out and perform. Sometimes they come out good. Sometimes they come out flat. When they're coming out flat, maybe he's a guy you can throw in there and say, hey, TJ, go in there and put a spark in these guys' asses. So if the Pacers need a spark, kind of not saying Lance Stevenson-esque, but that's kind of what he was off the bench for the Pacers. He was a spark in those games, you know, in January and February when the Pacers are playing at home and they come off flat. He can feed feed off the crowd's energy and then also get the crowd into it a little bit more. So energy off the bench, I think, is a solid point for Mr. Timothy John McConnell Jr. Ceiling for TJ McConnell this year. Works uh, his way ahead of Aaron Holiday in the depth chart for the backup role. That's a ceiling. Uh, he's not going to be the starting point guard. That's Malcolm Brogdon's job. Uh, there's no no way of replacing that. Sorry, buddy. So that's why your ceiling is replacing Aaron Holiday as a backup. And I say that that ceiling is that ceiling should be as high as probably about the Empire State Building at this point. I feel like so that's a high ceiling for T.J. McConnell. Um, I think, <clears throat> as I've said, his role with the Pacers this year is simply just going to be a guy who can give you some minutes when you need minutes and a guy to fill in for injuries and be that veteran presence. Floor for him, I really didn't put there was any floor for T.J. McConnell. He could come in and not play a single minute the entire season, and it could be expected of him. Um, so I don't really have a floor for T.J. McConnell except, let's just say, <clears throat> that he gets no minutes. So that's expected, but we have to have a floor for everybody. So TJ McConnell, your floor is that you just don't get to play. So fun fact about TJ, he was the first player in 76ers history to record a triple-double off the bench. That's pretty impressive. I'm not going to lie. Moving along here to our last player of the point guard player profiles for the Indiana Pacers. Edmund Sumner. So Edmund actually could have probably been put into the wings category. But uh, since we have so many different types of wings on the Pacers, to spread things out a little bit, uh, I went ahead and put him on the point guards. Because he can play the point guard position. So Edmund right now, as it sits here today, is 23 years old. And uh, next, actually December coming up, he's going to be 24. So still very young in the league. Uh, some background on Edmund. He attended Xavier from 2014 to 2017. Uh, he was drafted 52nd overall by the New Orleans Pelicans in the 2017 NBA draft and then was later traded to the Indiana Pacers for cash considerations. Uh, those were some tough a tough thing to part with there. Uh, so Edmund first started off his career as a two-way player for the Pacers, uh, but eventually last uh, February he signed a standard contract with the Pacers for the rest of the season. And then we all know he signed that contract this offseason. We'll get into that here in just a minute. Um, so career highlights from him. The only thing, second team all Big East 2016. Come on, man. That's a big accolade. Got to give you a shout-out for that second team all Big East. Congratulations, Edmund. NBA career highs, 
points, rebounds, assists, and steals. 22 points he scored in that final game versus the Atlanta Hawks last year. Uh, 22 points is his NBA career high. And as if some of you may remember, Hawk, beloved Hawk of the podcast, has promised that he will get an Edmund Sumner face tattoo on his butt. So an ass tat of Edmund Sumner on his ass if he scores 15 points or more in a game this season. Uh, and Hawk had no basis when he made that claim. He found out minutes later that his career high was 22, and he, I believe he scored over 15 twice last year. So we're praying for that 15-point that game. I hope game one, you know, he just gets thrown out there and goes for 16. It's got to be, yeah, it's got to go 16, 15. He, I don't remember exactly if he said 15 or over, but let's just call it. He's got to go out there. He's got to get 16 game one. we got to get that ass tap from, Ed, from Edmund to Hawk. Career high in rebounds, five rebounds last year versus the Wizards, and these all for, were from last year. Uh, and then assists and steals, nothing impressive here. Two assists and two steals. The assists came against the Orlando Magic, and the steals came to the Hawks. So, I, I I, mean, I could go out in an NBA game and probably get two assists. I'll be honest with you. I mean, I'll be, I'll, I'll be completely honest with you. So, pass the ball, Edmund. Come on. Just messing around. <laughs> Contract-wise, this summer signed a three-year, $6.4 million contract with the Pacers. So this upcoming season, he will earn $2 million. Third year of that contract is his team option, so if things aren't working out the next two seasons, the Pacers can decline his option for the third season, and he would become a free agent, or they could just pick it up, and it's going to be a measly $2 million. So, contract-wise, nothing nothing big there. Nothing that long-term could hinder the Pacers. It could be end up being a good value contract for them as Sumner pans out. Um, fit with the Pacers that I wrote here. He is the ultimate Pacers project. <clears throat> as I mentioned, he was a G League player. He was on the two-way contract. He was lighting it up with the Fort Wayne Mad Ants. Got, got his call up last year. Um, he was given the opportunity last season specifically after Oladipo went out, and I don't think he really took advantage of that. Um, regular season, he struggled shooting-wise. I think he averaged like three points last year, so nothing impressive when he was given the opportunity in the regular season. Defensively, he did okay, <clears throat> but nothing that really awed me or you know made me think that this guy is the next Michael Jordan or something like that. So I wasn't very impressed with his play last year. I was impressed with his preseason play. He had some good games. I know specifically against the Houston Rockets in the preseason last year, I had watched that game and I was very impressed with him. Um, So hopefully when he does get the opportunities this year, he can take advantage of them. I thought he had a very good opportunity last season um, and he wasn't able to do that. But the Pacers obviously have... Uh, advanced scouting. They see this guy, this guy every day. There has to be a reason they get they signed him to a three-year deal. So <clears throat> they obviously know a lot more than I would on this topic. So we'll see what happens. But from what I've seen, uh, watching him, I I don't I'm I'm not on the hype train yet. Um, so Edmund is six six, um, and he can play positions one through three. Like I said, he's not technically a point guard, but 
uh, he can play the point guard position, and then uh, with his height, he can also uh, play up to the three spot, and he can also defend all three of those positions. So versatility, as I had mentioned earlier with Malcolm Brogdon, that's also something that fits under Sumner's definition. 6'6 can defend those positions, has the height uh, and, you know, versatility, versatility, versatility. That's the word I've thrown out thousands of times this podcast. <clears throat> I think uh, that's what the Pacers probably see most in him. Um, and I think my next point and last point about his fit, I think it's going to be tough for Edmund to get minutes this year, especially after the Pacers signed uh, Aaron's brother, Justin Holiday, I think that pretty much solidified the fact that Edmund won't get playing time this year, especially when Oladipo comes back. I just don't see him beating out any of those wing players. If I'm if I'm ranking point guards and wings right now, <clears throat> I have probably TJ McConnell ahead of him. I have... He's probably the last wing, let's be honest. Uh, Lamb, TJ Warren, ahead of him. You have Justin Holiday, Oladipo. Oh, I'd put him over probably Doug McDermott. Can't wait to get to that that player profile. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, I I think it's going to be tough. I think it's going to be very tough for uh, Edmund Summer to crack the rotation this year. Uh, if Justin Holiday had not signed with the Pacers, I could see it. But now after that happened, I just I don't see a spot for him in the rotation, even when guys get hurt. I mean, it's it's going to be tough for him to play. In my eyes. You guys might see something different from him, but that's one man's opinion. And this is the Born Ready Pod podcast. Ceiling and floor for Edmund. Ceiling, he earns a spot in the bench rotation. That's the absolute ceiling for him this year. He's not going to be a starter. Um, so if he works his butt off and improves, takes advantage of his opportunities, best bet for Edmund this year is playing in that bench rotation, a regular spot in that rotation. For the floor for Sumner, I'd say two things. Number one, uh, morale-wise, he doesn't get any playing time. Maybe that ruins his confidence something like that so <clears throat> could hinder his career at some you know in some aspects um, and then also the injury bug could bite him again and maybe he can't play he's he's dealt with injuries in his college career and also his first season with the Pacers so I think uh, you know he's got to stay healthy number one and then also hopefully you know being out of the rotation things like that doesn't take away from his confidence and you know he's he's still out there working hard fun fact for Edmund couldn't find anything really worthwhile online uh it's pretty hard when you google search Edmund Sumner fun facts so here's your fun fact for Edmund Sumner he weighs 176 pounds so um you know weight fluctuates maybe he's 177 today maybe he's 175 maybe he's gained weight hopefully he's put on some weight come on 176 pounds Edmund let's get you to 190 you know go to McDonald's a couple times this offseason go in the, go to the weight room get some get some protein shakes man 176 I'd love to weigh 176 so anyway that's going to wrap up 
player profiles for the Pacers here. Our first edition, uh, as I said, today was the point guards. We covered Malcolm Brogdon, your starting point guard, Aaron Holiday, your backup, TJ McConnell, third string, and also Edmund Sumner um, as well. So those are your four point guards for the Pacers profile here today. Coming up next on the profiles, we're going to have the wing players. So these are the guys who are going to be playing the two and the three position. Maybe even a couple of guys who can play the four. Um, so these are your wing guys. And then the next, the last edition of this is going to be big men. Um, so obviously Miles Turner and Demonza Sabonis, Goga. That's, they're going to all be included in that category. And as I mentioned earlier, also... We're going to be doing this with the Indianapolis Colts as well. Hawk is leading the charge on this. We're going to be doing position-wise, and I'm excited to hear that from him. But uh, other than that, that's going to conclude this episode of the Born Ready to Pond podcast. Really appreciate you guys listening. Um, It's been a busy time, so with the guys on the podcast, that's why we uh, haven't the last couple of us episodes we haven't been together um, but we will be back together soon so no worries uh, like I said next episode should be about the Colts uh, break player profiles on them and then also check out coming up too we got the wings for the players Pacers player profile coming up in the next week so thanks for listening guys have a good rest of the week <laughs>